Welcome to A Radiantly Healthy Life, the podcast where we explore natural health and wellness just for women. Here, we'll dive into a mix of mindfulness, homeopathy, herbal remedies, functional medicine, and those tried and true traditional methods. I'm Amy Whitbeck, your host and fellow traveler on this journey toward better health. As a natural health coach, I'm excited to share insights and tips I've learned not only through personal experience, but also from the amazing women I coach. So grab your favorite cup of tea or cozy drink, and let's chat as we walk this path to radiant health and happiness. Hello, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Have you ever considered having food sensitivity tests done? If you're not quite sure what that is, let me explain. Food sensitivity tests are often used to pinpoint which foods may be causing you discomfort. If you're like many of the incredible women I talk to every day, and myself a few years ago, you might be hoping that by having this test done, you'll find an answer to your digestive issues or that unexplained fatigue that just won't quit. But while the idea of having a clear list of bad foods might seem like the golden ticket to feeling better, the reality is often more complicated and frankly, less helpful than it appears at first glance. Today, we're going to dive into the world of food sensitivities, gut health, and why those popular food sensitivity tests might not be the solution they're often made out to be. Don't worry, though, this isn't one of those episodes that will leave you with more questions than answers. We're going to explore genuinely effective ways to get to the bottom of what's bugging your belly and how to truly nurture your body back to vibrant health. So take a deep breath, Settle in and let's get started. Okay, so when we talk about how our bodies react to what we eat, it's kind of like entering a complex dance of reactions, each with its own steps and rhythms. In this dance, there are three main types of partners, food allergies, food intolerances, and food sensitivities. Knowing who's leading and why can make all the difference in how we feel day to day. Let's start with food allergies. If you have a food allergy, your immune system sees certain foods as a threat, and reacts immediately. This can lead to serious symptoms like swelling, hives, or even breathing difficulties. Food allergies are the ones that can have you reaching for an EpiPen and avoiding specific foods like the plague. Having a food intolerance, on the other hand, is less dangerous than having a food allergy, but still something to be aware of. Intolerance is more about what happens when your body can't digest certain foods properly, Think of lactose intolerance where dairy products leave you feeling bloated, gassy, or running to the bathroom. These reactions are more about your digestive system saying, nope, I can't handle this, rather than your immune system sounding the alarm. Now, when we talk about having a sensitivity to certain foods, what that means is that the food might not cause immediate or severe reactions like allergies do, but they can lead to a range of uncomfortable symptoms. Think bloating, headaches, or fatigue that sneak up on you hours or even days later. And while sensitivities aren't dangerous, figuring them out can be frustrating and confusing. So why is understanding this spectrum so important? Because it shows that finding what makes us feel unwell isn't as simple as taking a test, unfortunately. So let's talk a little about food sensitivity testing. It sounds like it could be a good idea, especially if you're trying to find the cause of some of the symptoms you're having, right? Just a simple test and voila, you know exactly what to avoid to skip those annoying symptoms. But here's the thing, it's not all it's cracked up to be. Imagine getting a map that's supposed to lead you to treasure, but instead of X marking the spot, you've got random marks all over the place. That's kind of what happens with food sensitivity tests. They can throw up a lot of false positives. 
This means you might end up cutting out foods you love for no good reason. Talk about a wild goose chase. And here's where things get even more muddled. Sometimes these tests point to foods as problematic, not because those foods are inherently bad for you, but because your gut is letting things slip through that shouldn't. So what's the real culprit? Leaky gut. Imagine your gut is a cozy little inn with a strict guest list. A leaky gut is like having a doorman that's too lenient, letting in guests who weren't invited. These uninvited guests, food particles to be precise, crash the party, causing all sorts of mayhem like inflammation and immune responses. So, when a food sensitivity test shows you're reacting to foods, it's often because of this leaky doorman, not because those foods are the enemy. Focusing solely on the results of food sensitivity tests without addressing the underlying issues, like a leaky gut, is like mopping up water from a leaky roof without ever fixing the hole. Sure, you might catch some of the drips, but the problem's not going away until you get up there and patch things up. Diving deeper, let's explore the causes of a leaky gut, our metaphorical, lenient doorman. Imagine your gut as a fortress. When it's in top condition, it's excellent at deciding what gets in and what stays out. But several factors can weaken this fortress, creating gaps where there shouldn't be any. Here's a rundown of the usual suspects that can lead to a leaky gut. Number one, stress. It's not just a feeling in your head, it's a body-wide event. Chronic stress can wear down your gut's defenses, making it easier for unwanted guests to slip through the cracks. Number two, poor diet. Eating processed foods, sugars, and unhealthy fats like seed oils can damage your gut lining over time. Number three, medications. Certain medications like antibiotics and NSAIDs, think ibuprofen, can disrupt the balance in your gut, making the lining more permeable. It's as if these medications are accidentally knocking holes in your gut walls. Number four, toxins. Exposure to environmental toxins, like pesticides and pollution, can also contribute to a leaky gut. Number five, excessive alcohol. Alcohol wreaks havoc on your body overall, but can also irritate and weaken your gut lining. Number six, lack of sleep. Not getting enough rest can impact your gut health too, reducing its ability to repair and maintain a strong barrier. Think of sleep as the nightly repair crew for your fortress. Without it, the walls start to deteriorate. Healing your gut is like renovating and reinforcing your fortress. It's about taking steps that rebuild its strength and integrity. Here's how you can start this restoration project. Nourish with whole foods. Begin by fueling your body with whole, nutrient-rich foods. Think of these as the building materials for your fortress. Fresh fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, and complex carbohydrates provide the essential nutrients to repair and strengthen the gut lining. Minimize stress, implement stress reduction techniques such as meditation, yoga, or simply taking time each day to relax and do something you enjoy. Moderate exercise? Regular moderate exercise helps keep you strong and healthy inside and out. Just be sure not to overdo it, as too much exercise can be just as damaging as too little. Limit toxins. Reduce your exposure to toxins by choosing organic when possible, filtering your water, and avoiding unnecessary chemicals in your home and personal care products. Mindful medication. Be cautious with the use of medications. Talk to your healthcare provider about the necessity of any drugs you're taking and their potential impact on your gut health. Quality sleep. Prioritize getting enough quality sleep. Good sleep is crucial for its recovery and upkeep. And while supplements can be incredibly helpful, it's important to focus on mineral-rich whole foods as the first line of defense. Then 
use targeted supplements if needed. Remember, healing your gut doesn't happen overnight. It's a process, a journey back to health. But by making these changes, you're taking significant positive steps toward not just patching up those gaps in your fortress, but making it stronger and more resilient than ever before. Exploring gut health further, let's talk about a related topic not many people cover, gut metabolites. Beyond the walls of our gut fortress and the foods we choose to let in, there's a bustling ecosystem of bacteria that play a crucial role in our overall health. These microscopic inhabitants are busy at work, producing gut metabolites, which are the chemical fingerprints left behind by the activities of the gut microbiome, playing crucial roles in our nutrition, immune function, and overall health. Among these metabolites are short-chain fatty acids, SCFAs. SCFAs are like the peacemakers of your body, reducing inflammation and strengthening the gut wall. They're essential allies in maintaining the health of your fortress. On the flip side, we have histamine, a metabolite that's a bit of a double agent. In the right amounts, histamine is crucial for immune responses and digestion, but in excess, it can lead to discomfort and symptoms like headaches, skin rashes, and more. Balancing histamine levels is key to keeping peace within the gut and the whole body, really. Understanding and managing the balance of these and other gut metabolites is crucial. This is where specialized testing, like the OAT test, can come into play, offering insights far more relevant than what standard food sensitivity tests can provide. By examining the production and presence of these metabolites, we can tailor dietary and lifestyle interventions to support the beneficial bacteria and metabolites while reducing those that are wreaking havoc. We don't want to wage war on the inhabitants of your gut, but instead foster a thriving, balanced ecosystem that supports your health from the inside out. So we've ventured deep into the territory of gut health, understanding its complexities and the role of metabolites. But where does that leave us with dietary changes? After all, if food sensitivity tests aren't exactly what we hoped for, and if our focus shifts to healing the gut and balancing its ecosystem, do changes in our diet still play a part? Absolutely. But diet changes don't necessarily mean long-term, strict elimination diets. When done properly, an elimination diet removes the usual suspects, like dairy or gluten for a time, then reintroduces them to see how your body reacts. The goal isn't to ban these foods for life, but to understand how they affect you. It's targeted, temporary, and tells us more about your body's responses than a sensitivity test could. Armed with knowledge about your gut's metabolites and the state of your gut health, we can make dietary changes that genuinely support you. For instance, high histamine foods might need to be reduced if they're causing trouble, or maybe histamine isn't an issue for you, but you would do well to increase fiber if SCFAs need a boost. It's all about what your gut needs to thrive, not a one-size-fits-all solution. While some adjustments are necessary, keep in mind that swinging the pendulum too far into restrictive diet territory can do more harm than good. Overly limiting diets can starve the good bacteria in your gut of the diverse nutrients they need. The goal is to find a balance that nurtures your gut health while still enjoying a rich, varied diet. One question that almost always comes up when I have this discussion in an appointment is, should I take supplements? And my thought is this, there are times when supplements can be helpful. But remember, they're supplements, not replacements. The foundation of your health is a balanced, nutrient-rich diet. Since we're on the subject of questions, let's go over a few others I often get asked. Maybe this section will help answer some of the ones you have too. Number one, what should I do if I think I have food sensitivities? 
Identifying food sensitivities or intolerances often requires some detective work, since reactions can vary widely in type and timing. Keep a detailed food diary to track what you eat and any symptoms you experience. Look for patterns, but remember, it's not absolute proof. My advice would be to seek out a provider that offers functional testing and use the results along with your food diary to get a clearer picture. Number two, can eliminating certain foods improve my gut health? Yes, especially if those foods are causing inflammation or other negative reactions in your body. But it's important to approach elimination diets carefully to be sure you're not unnecessarily restricting your diet or missing out on essential nutrients. Number three, are probiotics helpful for improving gut health? Probiotics can be beneficial in some cases, but the effectiveness can vary depending on the strains used and your specific gut health needs. If possible, my preference is to start with food-based options. Fermented foods such as kefir, sauerkraut, and kimchi are excellent choices, and you don't have to eat a lot to enjoy the benefits. In fact, I always recommend that clients start with a small amount to see how they feel and work up from there. Question number four, how long does it take to heal a leaky gut? The time it takes varies depending on the extent of the damage and how effectively you're able to address the underlying causes. It can take anywhere from a few months to a year or more. Patience and consistency with dietary changes, stress management, and other lifestyle adjustments are key. And finally, number five, is it necessary to follow a gluten-free diet for gut health? I almost always recommend eliminating gluten for several reasons, even if my clients don't have a concern such as celiac disease. This approach stems from the understanding that non-celiac gluten sensitivity can cause symptoms like bloating, fatigue, and headaches. Also, gluten can add to inflammation and increased intestinal permeability, which can lead to discomfort and immune responses, even in those without gluten sensitivity. Concerns about glyphosate, a chemical used on wheat crops, also play into this recommendation because it can disrupt the gut microbiome and cause to issues. And for those with autoimmune conditions, removing gluten may reduce symptoms linked to systemic inflammation. Okay, now that we've gone over all of that information, let me share a success story to bring all of this together. Holly, a client of mine, came to me feeling exhausted and dealing with digestive issues. Instead of eliminating foods based on sensitivity tests, we took a holistic approach. We did comprehensive testing and explored her overall lifestyle, stress levels, and eating habits. Holly started incorporating foods that were healthy for her and worked toward creating a supportive environment for beneficial gut bacteria to thrive. After just a few months, Holly began noticing significant changes. Her energy levels improved, her digestive issues became occasional instead of every day, and the fatigue that had clouded her days lifted. More importantly, she felt empowered and equipped with the knowledge and tools to continue making improvements. Holly's story is a testament to the power of a personalized, holistic approach to health. It highlights the importance of looking beyond quick fixes and restrictive diets, focusing instead on nurturing the body and mind collectively. Her journey from frustration to better health hopefully serves as inspiration for anyone feeling trapped in a cycle of dietary restrictions and unresolved symptoms. It's a reminder that with the right guidance, patience, and a willingness to listen to one's body, radiant health is within reach. So let's wrap this up. We've had quite a chat. Here's a quick recap before we think about next steps. Today, we went over food sensitivities versus gut health. It's not just about cutting foods out. It's about figuring out the why. 
Functional tests and food journals. In my opinion, these tools are much more helpful than food sensitivity tests. Holistic approach. We're talking stress management, nourishing foods, and moving your body in ways that feel right. Gut-loving foods and supplements, prebiotics, probiotics, and foods that make your gut happy. Now, if you are feeling ready to ditch the guesswork and start making changes that actually work, then take the first step toward understanding your unique story. Let's have a no-pressure, no-commitment talk about your health and goals. Then, if we decide this partnership is a good fit, we'll set up a time to go deeper and talk about the next best steps for you. No one-size-fits-all stuff here. Ready to jump in? Just go to a radiantlyhealthylife.com slash journey to renewal and click on book your free consultation. Then choose the date and time that works best for you. Easy peasy. I'll also put a link in this episode's show notes, so be sure to look for that down below. Well, that's all for today. I look forward to hearing from you soon, and here's to moving forward with confidence and stepping into a healthier, happier life. Thanks for listening today. Are you interested in diving deeper? Head over to irradiantlyhealthylife.com and be sure to sign up for my email list so you can stay up to date on what's new and gain access to exclusive tips, insights, and resources available only to my community. While you're there, feel free to leave a comment. I'd love to hear from you. And if you like this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. Every share helps us reach more people and spread the message of health and wellness. I'll be back next week. But in the meantime, remember, small steps really do make a big difference. See you next time.